This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, IDP Army. Ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. What is up, IDP Army? It's your man, Jordan Reigns, back again. This is the IDP Army podcast. You already know we're talking mostly IDP, all fantasy football, inclusive, disruptive, proficient, moving the game forward. Um, it's been oh, a little over a week since we did a pod or a show. We did the uh, the rookie show, or we did a rookie mock draft the other day on the channel. Check that out. If you are watching on YouTube, please subscribe, hit the bell. If you are on your favorite pod network or pod streaming platform i guess go ahead and give us a review and a five-star rating that would be dope we'd super appreciate it and then follow us on twitter at the idp army all that good stuff you guys already know all that if you've been here before today's topic is going to be rookie wide receivers yep we're dipping into the offense and we are joined by a special guest my man angelo of angelo fantasy angeloanalysis.com what's up dude how you doing I'm great, man. You know, it's starting to get warm in the shy, so it's always nice. Get outside a little bit, you know, take some walks with the dog and the wife. So everything's good, man. Life's great. How you doing? Same, man. Living, I mean, sometimes I can't even believe it's real. Living my best life. So lucky to be here. Happy to be here. Blessed. Feel you, man. For sure. Yep. So we're going to talk rookie wide receivers, guys, gals. We're going to cover some of the guys Andrew likes, break down his top uh, prospects in the class. If you have questions, if we're on the live stream, feel free to drop them in here. If we can pull them in, we will. If not, and we just get rolling, we're just going to let the, the midnight train roll, So as they say. So before we jump into the rookies, though, Sam Darnold, the Sam Darnold trade has happened. That's kind of been the big piece of, you know, kind of the aftershock, I guess, after free agency and all that. Uh, kind of big. Kind of a big move, honestly. I've never been a Sam Darnold guy, but I, I'm suddenly finding myself with the one Sam Darnold share I have feeling very high and mighty. So yeah, I, <laughs> I, I kind of like it. What, what are your thoughts on the move? Or do you have anything thoughts? No, I, th- I think it's an interesting move. I, I just, I mean, I thought they were going to try to trade up and draft the quarterback. I, th- I thought Trey Lance was definitely on their radar, but I guess I was totally off base on that one. But I don't know, man. Does it really move the needle for them as a team and as an offense? That's the question I don't have the, you know, I don't have the answer to that because we've, we've seen a lot of um, post Adam Gase players go on to have really nice careers um, after they played for him. So I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm really interested to see what happens to that offense and the weapons that they have. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. 
Um, yeah. So and they they have some they have some guys. So um, we'll see who they add to that that stable. But uh, I'm interested to see what he can do with a with a functional offense and a and a better offensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean it literally can't get worse than it was in New York. No. So it's and you know he was I and mean, people were still trying to gas him up there. So it's got to right. be better than it at least seems. So I'm I'm kind of back in. I don't know what his cost is right now. I'm not like going out trying to buy him necessarily in Dynasty, but I think that his career trajectory just took a major. It's, it's on the upswing. That's oh, yeah. kind of my overall thesis. And I know I'm not worried about DJ Moore. We've seen him be awesome. He's going to be awesome. I mean, all the pieces are going to be awesome there. So I think this is good, and it's, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what Matt Rule and those guys can do 100%. with a guy with as much arm talent as you know darnold is supposed to have so we'll we'll see how that goes but all right y'all let's get into the meat of the show we are going to talk about some rookie wide receivers angelo i'm just going to start i'm going to pull up um if you guys want to check out angelo's website first and foremost angelo analysis he's got all kinds of stuff from last year from wide receivers running backs um tight ends if you know kyle pitts we'll we'll talk about him for a little bit uh go check that all out you know this is going to be just the tip of the iceberg i'm sure but we're going to pick his brain a little bit here try and get ourselves ready for this rookie draft which is coming up quickly i mean we're just weeks away from the nfl draft now it's kind of crazy to think so things are heating up um Let's just start at the tippy tip top, Jamar Chase. Tell us what we need to know about Jamar Chase because it's been a year since we saw him play football. Sure. I, th- I think you, you touched on it a little bit. I mean, it's been a year since we've seen him. Um, but he broke out at 19 years old, had an extremely dominant season in the SEC at such a young age. And there's really nothing to not like about him from the strong analytics profile um, to the near, near blue chip athleticism he displayed. So for me, man, I'm not worried about anything um, Jamar Chase-wise. The thing is with Chase, he he wins in a similar fashion to a guy like AJ Brown. Um, he's going to win in the short to intermediate areas of the short to intermediate areas of the field. He's not a craftsman like guys like Justin Jefferson and um, Stephon Diggs, but he's going to learn to win like that um, sometime soon in his career. I think he's he's going to develop a more nuanced approach to the game. Right now, he just out physicals, dude. Right, um, mm-hmm. he's an extremely physical receiver, very hands on in route. But we might see that change and shift. Um, as the NFL game is obviously a little bit different than the college game. And the only thing that I would say to watch out for with Chase is how he does early on in his career. And is the cost of acquisition of a Chase share now going to be cheaper or more expensive um, later? And that's the biggest thing with Chase is we don't know how he's going to develop, what the developmental arc looks like. I think he actually has a long way to go in terms of, you know, being so raw, so young, having all the physical tools, but not not some of the subtle nuances of guys like Devonta Smith has. So we're gonna have to look and see. For me, like if I'm if I'm up on the clock at like 104, 105, and have a chance to take Chase, do I think he's gonna be cheaper now or cheaper six months from now, seven months from now, in October or so? And that's the question I'm I'm kind of constantly asking myself is I think he might have that buy low opportunity we've seen in the past couple of years. It happened with AJ Brown when he was a rookie. This year it happened, you know, pretty prevalently with Jonathan Taylor. And I think there might be that learning curve to the NFL game with Chase, but he's gonna be a perennial all pro player, um, potentially. I think he's that good of a prospect. There's not really many hangups we have there, but it's just, you know, when I'm trying to acquire a Chase share, do I do it now and hope that he kind of gets off to a slower start than people think? Or do I just take the plunge and, and take him? I love 
that, what you just said, because I mean, it really encompasses what fantasy is, is am I going to be able to slash should I take Jamar Chase in this draft or do I wait and, you know, make him a target in, you know, as a rookie, you know, week four or five, six, when things in your league get a little shaky, you know, and that's, that's really the name of the game in dynasty is cost of acquisition. I've been able to acquire certain, I've acquired DJ Moore. There were weeks this last year where DJ Moore, you, you know, it's easy to forget that he was not, I mean, at the end of season numbers look great, but he was not popping. So you were able to sneak in. And now I've got leagues where I have DJ Moore, AJ Brown, same thing. If you bought the injury dip, which did exist, I mean, it was there. Debo Samuel is another player right now that I think is kind of on the buy low uh, with so much upside. It's kind of unreal. Uh, You kind of answered the question already, which I didn't pull it up for whatever reason. Is Jamar Chase the clear number one wide receiver in this class Uh, by your, you know, answer there i'm assuming you know you are fully in on him as number one um what if you have any more comments about him before we move to the guy who i think you have as number two which is Devontae smith yeah i think i'll go i'll answer that question i'll I'll go right into it um is jamar chase the clear-cut number one it depends on what you look at it's funny because on uh the ascension grain system that's that's on angelanalysis.com on film um devonta smith beats him by like a half a point or so on, in analytics, Chase has him. And that's the really strong thing about Chase is the analytics profile and the athletic profile. So it really depends on what you're looking for. But in totality, they're literally within a half a point of each other. So it's a coin flip. I think that Devonta Smith has a better early career. I think he's more NFL ready um, in a litany for a litany of reasons. But Chase, I think, has the higher upside as a prospect. I think both of them are all pro caliber players. So I don't think you can go wrong with drafting either one of them. I think Smith's shares are going to be much cheaper because there is a hangup about him for whatever reason. So um, he'll be a little bit cheaper to acquire than, than Chase. But like I said, man, I mean, the one that's more likely to me to have a early career struggle, so to speak, would be Chase. So, I mean, I would I mean, man, if you want to be aggressive, like trade back, take Smith, and then – Next year in October or whenever that lull is, if he does have that, you're, you're playing that risk, you go acquire a chase share. And kind of going into Devonta Smith as a player, I mean, the guy is a Swiss Army knife. Swiss Army knife man. He's, he's an absolute stud. He's a guy who wins on all three levels of the field. Um, and one thing that people don't realize, he's a physical player. Despite, despite his stature, he's only 170 pounds, but he plays much bigger than that. He does everything that you're really asking for a number one receiver to do in the areas of where he wins. He wins down the field. He wins the line of scrimmage. He can win with his length and athleticism um, in the middle of the field. So there's really no true hang-up about Smith. People say the weight, the age in terms of production. I'm not there on that. I think that he's a absolutely – like, I think he's a right right with Chase as a prospect. He's an I think he's an All Pro caliber player. So I think, but but the thing is, you can you can take him a little later than you take Chase. Nice, nice, interesting. All right, that leads into the next question, which is, what influence will Devontae Smith's size eventually, or you know, overall have on his career trajectory, if any? Um, yeah, that's a great question, and I, I've been asked that quite a bit. But the, the kind of the, the answer I give is uh, Dr. Matthew Rhea. People should research Dr. Matthew Rhea, and it's, it's R-H-E-A. Research Dr. Matthew Rhea. He is the 
sports scientist at the University of Alabama. He was hired, I believe, in March 2020. Um, even before that, he worked with Indiana football, and he's a really smart dude. He's much smarter than any of us will ever be um, about, you know, player analysis and and that type of thing. So he's the guy kind of behind behind the curtain, so to speak, of Alabama football. Um, him and their SNC staff there, and they they've come out and said on multiple occasions that they are not worried about Devonta Smith's size. They think that he is functionally strong. He's ready to play at the NFL level, and there's a reason why he was so productive during his junior and senior season at Alabama. When high level people say this, this is not just, you know, <laughs> this is not the guy at crunch fitness who's saying Devonta Smith is size is fine. No, this is the dude, the sports scientist at the university of Alabama, who is one of the most world renowned at what he does is telling us this. I'm listening. I mean, being in a similar career field, I mean, it's, I think he's right. I mean, you could say, I mean, but words like of mine or people who are personal trainers or whatever does not match Dr. Matthew Ria's, I guess, his resounding yes that Devonta Smith will be a successful NFL player. And if he is not, it won't be due to his stature. I love that about you, that you brought the heat and you brought the guy who's going to back you up, Dr. Rhea. I'm definitely going to be looking that up. And that's what we got to do in the fantasy space, which is why I'm so happy you came on to talk about top rookie wide receivers. We have to lean on people that are smarter than us. You know, I say all the time, I'm, you know, I only have been, I've not watched college football, you know, so I need people to tell me and people I trust. So I go to people that are sources of that. And you have sources that you use as well to, you know, accumulate your information. And my job, essentially, and how I view it in the fantasy space is to curate and present this information to as many people as will listen, you know, because I want to help people win. That's really good information, because honestly, I mean, I've kind of just been like quietly in my head saying I'm off Devontae Smith, if I'm just being real with myself, because I've been the guy who's taken Marquise Brown and I've been the guy who's drafted Nicole Hardman and I've been the guy who's drafted, you know, rugs and just these uh, these guys that just, you know, Things were like not people. It was it was polarizing and it just didn't work out for me. But I guess I'm going to have to jump back in. I mean, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it, it's it's funny because, man, I mean, you know, so I, I when I talk to some of the guys that I know who, who have played in the NFL or play wide receiver or defensive back at the collegiate level, I'll ask, like, who's the best receiver in college football? Like who if you're an NFL GM, like who are you taking? They're like Devonta Smith. Okay, who's the hardest one to cover in the league? That's the question I ask defensive backs. They're like, man, I would not want to. I would not want to cover Devon Smith one on one. There's no chance I would win. Like zero. He's like form like NFL DBs, man. These are these are smart, intuitive football minds that are saying zero percent chance I win against Devonta Smith. Like he is too good, too quick, too crafty. I mean, to be on an island with. I mean, you watch you watch Devonta Smith. I mean, if 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 you are on the fence about Smith, and you're listening to this, go watch his tape against LSU and Derek Stingley Jr. Go watch him against South Carolina and J.C. Horn and see what he did there. See what he did against Cam Dantzler in 2020, or 2019, I should say, um, against Mississippi State. And Dantzler's now a starting cornerback for the Minnesota Vikings. Devonta Smith won all those matchups. And those guys are all really good corners. Like J.C. Horn is the best cornerback prospect in this class. Derek Stingley Jr. is going to be the best cornerback prospect in the 2022 class. But 
there really isn't a concern about Smith as a player. He does everything you want. He wins at all three levels. He's a lunch pail type guy in terms of physicality, does what you ask him to do. He played special teams, not just as a punt returner, but he was a gunner. Like the man was a gunner. And he was also blocking for Jalen Waddle. Like, man, like that, that's the guy that NFL GMs are going to want on their team. They're going to want to get the ball in his hands. So I'm just really excited to see where he lands. My guess is Detroit at seven at the earliest. That's kind of my guess. Um, I think Chase and Pitts go a little before him, but I'm pumped to see Devonta Smith light up the NFL. Cause if it happens, I'm going to be the happiest man in the world. Nice. Nice. Well, I mean, golly, that was quite the, uh, that was quite the sales pitch right there on him. So I'm, 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 I'm like I said, I'm going to have a Devonte Smith share at least now, at least one after this morning, I was a zero share guy. Now I'm at least a we one got share guy. There you go. There you go. All right. Let's uh, talk about another extremely polarizing. I guess I don't know how polarizing it is. That's just what this time of year is. But let's talk about Kyle Pitts. All right. Matthew Berry tweeted this out yesterday. He said, currently in a rookie draft for a super flex, i.e., two QB, tight end premium scoring, one and a half PPR league, third year in the league. Kyle Pitts went first. Trevor Lawrence went second. Thoughts. 51% of people said it was crazy. 48.9% of people said, I get it. Pitts is a stud. Man. Um, help me, help me understand what I'm, what's, what's happening here. Um, I would take Lawrence, but I think the gap is closer than we all think. I think if there's one player in this class offensively right now, that's going to be a hall of famer. It's Kyle Pitts. I mean, there, there are guys that, can do what Trevor Lawrence does in the NFL currently. Rodgers, Mahomes, Wilson, you can say Dak Prescott. You know, there's a lot of guys, I'm probably missing a couple too, that are pretty dang good quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Travis Kelsey's getting a little older. George Kittle's durability issues are pretty prevalent. Kyle Pitts has a chance to be on the tight end Mount Rushmore. I mean, there are some, like, with Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Gates. I mean, I think he's the best prospect in this class not named Trevor Lawrence. And I think he's the best receiver in this class. You can put him up against Chase and Smith. There isn't anything that Jamar Chase does better than Kyle Pitts. And I don't know. I mean, for me, I am a big best best player available guy in terms of like in the NFL draft, especially, but if I'm my, like on my teams, my rookie drafts, I want the guy that has the highest ceiling. If like, especially from drafting that early, that means my team probably wasn't the top quarter of the league, especially, you know, like, unless I'm trade up really. I mean, if I trade up, that's, that's a big deal. We want to do that, but I'm taking the guy with the Hall of Fame upside. I mean, he has the capability to be a Hall of Fame caliber player. And that's just, that's who he is. He's 6'6", 245 pounds. I mean, he has the the athletic measurables of anybody you can, you know, that you can name in terms of that size and stature. There's just not much that he can't do on the field in terms of where you line him up. And we're getting into this age now. Jordan of positionless playmakers. He's one of them. We're, we're seeing a lot of those guys, man, like guys like LaVisca Chenault Jr., who, who I was really high on last year. 
But at the tight end position, we're seeing Darren Waller. Like he, Darren Waller is kind of a pioneer of what it means to transition into being a tight end. He was a wide receiver come out of college and became a tight end, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. And from a just a pure like receiving aspect and how they how they impact that part of the game, Kyle Pitts is, might have the one of the greatest impacts on the position that we've ever seen. Dang, yeah, I. I, I hear I, the, my thing is I just feel like we do this every year with a tight end. It's OJ Howard, it's Evan Ingram, it's you know uh, Mark Andrews, George Kittle. You know, for as good as he is now, he was a fifth round NFL draft pick. So I am just a little skittish on buying into tight ends without seeing. I mean, I remember all the way back to to Tyler Eifert, my first year playing fantasy in like 2015. That mofo had like 13 touchdowns. I thought I knew everything about fantasy football. Little did I know that that's literally like one of the most random things in the world to like get a good tight end. There's Travis Kelsey. There's like one other guy who, like you said, is usually hurt, Gronk, Kittle. And then there's just everyone else. And every year it feels like we try to bring somebody up, Hunter Henry, Eric Ebron, Hawkinson, but it just feels like nobody ever really reaches their full potential. I'm skittish, but I think that – I don't think I, – I, I'm with you. I mean, it's a rookie draft pick, best player available. I The instance that we pulled up on the screen, which I'll pull up one more time for you all, you know, the thing that Matthew Berry was talking about, taking him number one overall. If you knew that you were going to get his ceiling and you knew you were going to get Trevor Lawrence's ceiling, I think you would take Pitts. Um, and I think that's why this is a 50 50. I think so. I think so too, Jordan. I, th- I think that's, that's the crazy thing is what makes Pitts different is there's probably, there actually might not be um, a tight end outside Darren Waller that offenses are built around in terms of the passing game. Like KC, you know, that's as much as I love Travis Kelsey, man, Tyree Kill, he's, he's the engine of that mm-hmm. offense. I think Travis Kim and Travis Kelsey are 1A, 1B there, but there's not many of those guys, right? And that's who Kyle Pitts is because of how, you know, because of him as a, as a receiver, you can line up out wide, put him in the slot. You know, I mean, the possibilities are endless in terms of him being positionless. So I'm, I'm super high on him. I mean, if I'm drafting, you know, in a tight end premium super flex league, I'm it's either him or Lawrence. I'm taking it one on one. I mean, it depends on really what I need. If I really need an elite tier quarterback, great, I go grab one. But man, I'm comfortable just like I'm comfortable trading for a guy like Ryan Tannehill. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm a big yeah. You, you get the guys like you get the guys in your team that you're not going to be able to draft ever again, ever again. And that's the thing about the draft that I I keep telling myself this, and I I tell my my listeners this too a lot. I'm like. The draft, whether it be rookie, whether it be startup, is the only time where you have full control over who ends up on your team. The only time. So if you want a guy, you may be able to make a trade with somebody. You may not. They may just be that guy that holds him forever, or they may never make a trade with you. So when you think about things like that, like if Kyle Pitts hits, and I've seen Charles Chill uh, say this before, you're not going to be able to pry him out out of anything but the cold, dead hands of the person who drafted him. You know what I mean? Because they're sitting on a 21-year-old generational talent in Dynasty. Like they, we, If you have Travis Kelsey, which I made the smart decision a couple of years ago when I started getting into more Dynasty leagues, 
I went out of my way to draft Travis Kelsey, and I'm very proud to say I have him in like 75% of my dynasty leagues. And it is like the best feeling in the world. And and I'm getting more afraid that it, I know that the end is coming, but it's still he's only like 31. Jared right. Cook put up some good numbers at 33. I mean, we've had Antonio Gates put up some good. So I have confidence that he's going to be a Tom Brady kind of asset where even at 35, I think he's going to be a guy that we're still rolling out on a weekly basis as long as he's not beat up because he's going to that offense will cater to him. Maybe we'll get more of a, a, a Georgia or Greg Olson sort of situation with Cam sure. where, you know, they make it easier on him. You know, maybe they don't make him, you know, they get some more pieces around him. So, yeah, I'm I'm. I, so far, I'm I've, I'm getting higher on these guys than I was before. Hearing your thoughts on them, I've honestly been thinking about kind of trading back, but I'm am looking at some of these teams that I have. And Devonte Smith, like you said, if he does fall, which I kind of think he will, into the later part, you know, it yeah. seems like the upside's there. And then Pitts, I'm very curious. Where do you think he's gonna his ADP is gonna be on average in a super flex? Do you think he makes it past one seven ever? Oh no! I think no. Because I think the the thing that's gonna probably happen, Jordan, is he's gonna get the capital. I mean, he's gonna be a top ten pick. He might even be a top five pick. If Kyle Pitts is a top five pick, you darn well better believe he's a top five pick in your rookie drafts. I mean, yeah. he's probably gonna go. I mean, it's super flex league after Lawrence, after Lawrence and Fields. I think he goes before Najee Harris and before Jamar Chase in some leagues. I mean, for me, like if I'm sitting at 106, I don't think I'm getting him post NFL draft. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I think he's he's going to be gone. Um, do I move up to acquire him? Is the question. I I don't know. It's tough. But next year's next year's class doesn't look great. So like, if you're going to make some moves, it's got to be. In, this class or the 2023 class? Word, word. All right. Well, IDP Army, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back to talk about Rashad Bateman, Jalen Waddle, and then we will finish up with Tylen Wallace, and we will get our man Angelo out of here. So stick around. I'll be right back. What's up, IDP Army? It's your man, Jordan Reigns, interrupting the show quickly to tell you guys about a new sponsor of the show, Monkey Knife Fight. If you haven't checked out Monkey Knife Fight yet, you're definitely going to do that. Let me tell you what they have to offer, all right? Monkey Knife Fight is daily fantasy sports gaming website for casual sports fans that is simple and easy to use and easy to play. The users determine which superstars competing for the day's professional sporting events will record more or less than a contest provided. Monkey Knife Fight's daily fantasy prop games play similar to salary cap-based DFS games, but without all the algorithms, the lineups, and most importantly, the sharks. You guys got to go try this at IDP Army, okay? Monkey Knife Fight is like our brand, like the IDP Army brand. It's disruptive, it's forward-thinking, and they are definitely where we play daily fantasy sports. You guys should, too. Get started today with a 100% instant match bonus up to $50 if you use the promo code IDP Army. That's only for the first time or new depositors only, but hopefully you guys are getting in there, winning some money, having a good time, and make sure whenever you guys get in there, and if you do win a little bit of money, you know, which is what we want you to do, take those winnings, go sign up with the Patreon, Patreon patreon.com. That'll get you into the IDP Army Patreon, where you can check out the Ultimate IDP Index, the Discord channel, and all that other good stuff. So, IDP Army, you know what to do. Back to the show. 
We are back, y'all. Like I said, go check out the Patreon. I just launched the Ultimate IDP Index over there. I've been working on that since before Christmas, if you can believe it. And it's one of those projects that's never going to be finished, but it's always going to be useful. It's an amazing tool. I've been using it to do a lot of my own research now that I've kind of built it out. You guys will love it, too. I appreciate all the patrons I've got over there. I appreciate my man, Angelo. I let him take a little peek behind the curtain before it was done. He gave yeah, me back. So, yeah, just trying to trying to build something that's going to be helpful, you know, people help get people, you know, in the game for real. Take that learning curve, cut it in half then cut that in half. Let's get everybody in the full game. So appreciate y'all in the IDP Army Patreon. So let's talk about Rashad Bateman. OK, this guy seems to be I remember hearing about him. And this is what's funny is, you know, I don't watch college football, but I remember hearing about Bateman last year because he came out with or Tyler Johnson was on his team. Right. Minnesota, yeah. We're hearing about Chase last year because Justin Jefferson was on his team. So these guys have kind of been in my ear for a while for a guy that doesn't watch uh, college football. So what can you tell me about Rashad Bateman? He's, I mean, I remember last year people, I mean, people were very excited about him. In a similar way, people were excited about Chase when they were talking about Jefferson and when they were talking about Tyler Johnson. Right. So Rashad Bateman, what do we need to know about this guy? I think what you need to know about Bateman is the floor is super safe. I think he's one of those guys that's nearly bust proof. I think the two guys in this class for me that have the highest floors are Devonta Smith and Rashad Bateman. Uh, those, those two guys I think are going to go to an NFL team and right away contribute. I mean, those are your early career contributors out of this class. Um, last year, Justin Jefferson, obviously CD lamb out of the gate was killing it um, before Prescott went down. But I mean, just Justin Jefferson in that class really kind of set up this class, you know, it's going to be tough to kind of surpass that, but I think this this class in 2021 is deeper than the 2020 class. The 2020 class is really good, but we have some we have some hitters that are going to be drafted in the third round of this year's NFL draft, and it's going to be really interesting to see you know what happens with those guys if they become focal points for the NFL offense. But Rashad Bateman to me is a super safe target for a guy. I mean, he's going to be the you know the possession option of an offense. He's going to be the chain mover. He's a good player. I don't think he does anything at an exceptional level, but he's going to be someone for fantasy that's going to be super safe, super reliable. Um, for me, it's he's probably going to be a guy who sees an average of 120-plus targets a year um, once he kind of gets ingrained into an NFL offense. But that's what you want from where you're drafting him. I mean, if you're in the 107 reigns and you're like, man, I want a safe – wide receiver you know i have like julio jones and some some of the old some of the older receivers on my team i think bateman's a great call there i mean for me i like the floor of bateman i don't think the ceiling is that high um but he's definitely going to be you know one of those guys that we look up and like robert woods is a front end wide receiver two every year or back end wide receiver one what um what round do you think he'll get drafted in i think late first early second I wouldn't and, be surprised. Early twenties too. I could see that if a team wants to go up and get a, a get a, a focal point of an offense in the passing attack for sure. Hmm. All right, here's a completely random off-topic question. No, I'm ask it. I interrupted you. No, you're fine. I'm a Chiefs fan, so I've been thinking today. My mind has been thinking a lot. Okay, we got rid of Sammy Watkins. We tried to get Juju, and I see this guy Rashad Bateman, and I'm just like, man, that kind of feels like. He could be that kind of piece on the Chiefs. 
what do you think the Chiefs are going to take a wide receiver this year? Because they they obviously are looking into fixing or adding more. I mean, they can't just have wide receiver and our Kel or Hill and Pringle and Hardman. I mean, there's there's just too much of the same going on there from right. what I can tell. Right. I mean, for me, I think they have to. Like, I think to be able to you know to beat the Bucks and to kind of keep that regime going. They need to draft another playmaker. I yeah. mean, for crying out loud, like Tyree Kill is a top three wide receiver in the NFL. Travis Kelsey's the best tight end in the league, but he's aging and he's getting older. We need they need another possession option in that offense. Um, not just track stars like McCole Hardman. Um, yeah. I think Pringle's actually a better player than people give him credit for. I like him actually a good bit. But I would love Bateman in that offense. I, th- I think it'd be a great fit. They need another possession target. And with how many points they score. I mean, Tyree Kill and Rashad Bateman can definitely coexist, and those would be guys. I mean, Bateman would probably go into wide receiver, upper upper tier wide receiver two territory immediately, um, or be like around wide receiver nine or so. I mean, he would. I mean, with, with Kansas City, he would absolutely smash. But we'll yeah. see. I mean, I think the targets there for Kansas City are going to be either Bateman or Marshall, Terrace Marshall. Those are the two guys that I have pegged kind of going there. Um, some of the other guys, obviously, like like Rondell Moore would be an interesting fit. Tylen Wallace would be really interesting there in the second or third round. Um, but I think if they're looking to take one in round one, it would be uh, Bateman or Marshall. Nice, nice. Yeah, I feel like we need to fix our line, but I also feel like we need somebody besides Hill and Kelsey. And yeah. that's not shade at them, but it just seemed like, yeah, it just seemed like that they just felt a little bit stale there towards the end of the year in a way that I didn't like as a Chiefs fan. Um, that's not what I'm used to seeing from them. So that run game, too, I mean, that was – anyway, I'm going down a Chiefs rabbit hole. No, right no, I love, it. no <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, I need to make a Chiefs podcast. Um, all right, let's talk about Jalen Waddell. This is the other Alabama receiver. What's up? Is, I mean, is Alabama, like, wide receiver you now? Like, what's up here? Like, what's what's man. going on? No, I, it was funny because last year I was like, man, like they're going to have really have four receivers drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. And they're probably going to end up having four drafted in the top 20 with, with Waddle and Smith projected to be t- both top 15 picks. With Waddle, he's the most dynamic player in this whole entire class. I mean, if you watch him, you just kind of fall in love with the athleticism and the ability to just play at a speed where, you know, his opponents cannot play. The question is, is he going to get the target volume at the NFL level to be a number one option in offense? Or is he going to be a, a secondary option to, let's say, a key now in Los Angeles Chargers to where he's going to coexist in the NFL offense, but is he going to be the guy anywhere? And that's the question I don't have the answer for. But from where he wins, he's a first-level and third-level winner. I don't think he's going to be used as a three-level threat like Devonta Smith was. Obviously, he's very dynamic with the ball in his hands. He's the best power returner that we have actually seen since Devin Hester as a Chicago Bears fan. I love Hester, but when I watch Jalen Waddle, I see I see some shades of that in terms of impact as a return man. Obviously, you know the impact of return men have kind of diluted after um, Hester and Josh Cribs and um, those guys in their reign. But I think Waddle is going to be a, a player that you're going to have to kind of watch and monitor what his role is. I think he's very much like a Deshaun Jackson when it comes to. To roll, I think he's going to play Z. He's going to be moving the slot a lot too, and he's going to get a lot of third level targets. He's going to be kind of the the option in the offense that the, that they're going to have the defense is going to have to respect a lot. 
because he can, you know, he can score and he, he's a one play touchdown. But I don't know. It's tough, man. It's tough projecting what role he'll play. I think he's going to, like I said, be a Z moving the slot a bit, but I don't project a high target volume with him, which is the only hang up is you might get those weeks where he has shoot six for 203 touchdowns, or you might get those weeks where you have, you know, two catches on five targets for 22 yards. Like, and that's the tough thing with him. And, you know, guys like Deshaun Jackson, you know, you know, guys like um, we, we talked about Marquise Brown before. I mean, that's the tough thing is you don't really know what you're getting on a weekly basis. The, 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 the queer consistency might not be there, but the booms are certainly going to boom. Yeah. You, and you know, I don't know. I, I, I've alluded to it earlier in the show. Like that's kind of the player that I've kind of always targeted in fantasy. And I'm, like I said, I'm kind of getting a little gun shy on that strategy just because it has not hit the way that I wanted it to. Michael Gallup's another guy like that, where last year I was all in on Gallup because I saw what he could do the year before on just one, you know, one play. Like the guys I went out and acquired last year so hard, I remember, were Calvin Ridley, Michael Gallup, and Marquise Brown because I was just, that's, I'm just like obsessed with like the 70 yard touchdown. Like I have Tyreek Hill all over the place too. Like I live for that. I have almost I don't have any Julio, I don't have any Hopkins, I don't have any of these little pepper guys. Like I'm just that's not my game. So but I'm starting to get burnt. So I, I'm looking yeah. for the, I know it's starting to hurt. Yeah, you don't well. get a Tyree kill all the time. Devontae Adams, I slander Devontae Adams so oh, much more than I should. Oh. Michael Thomas. No, I do I I do slander Michael Thomas and I slander him an appropriate amount. Um, but <laughs> anyway, that's just not my game. I, and guys that try guys that beat me with a thousand cuts. Oh, I mean, everyone hurts. I mean, I'll, I'll just be completely honest. So yeah, what true. is something that Jalen Waddle does that maybe some of these other guys don't do that an NFL team would look at and say, this is why we would take this guy similar to, I mean, I don't really know what the reason was the Raiders took rugs first last year, but obviously there was something about him. So is there something like that about Jalen Waddle that maybe is going to make him a, a surprise for us? No, for sure. I, I think it's a very similar reason to why, you know, the Raiders took rugs as the first receiver drafted. And even in that, I mean, that really good draft class of last year, is the threat of Waddle is potentially more important than Waddle himself. And that's a big deal when you're talking about defensive coordinators game planning and having to know where he is. Because at any given play, he can light you up for six. That is a big deal. I mean, if you're moving Waddle around, you have to keep an eye on him. And you have to have – not everyone can cover him. You're going to have to bracket him, leave, you know, leave a safety over the top of him at all times. Or there's not there's – not, many or any cornerbacks in the NFL that can cover him step for step. Even the best cover corners in, in Ramsey and white are going to, and Howard are going to need help. And that's the thing is that there's not a lot of guys in this class that are like that. Um, his teammate, Devonta Smith is kind of in that same vein, but for like in a, in a different way, if that makes sense. Yeah. But with Waddle, it's the threat of him is, is huge. It's massive on a weekly basis. Cause you have to know where he's at because, like I said, you're gonna look up and at six on the board, and he, you, you know, you hit a, a couple of those a week, and you're, you know, you look up, man. Waddle has 220 yards and two tutties, so that's what he can bring to the table. He, he's the he's the biggest big play threat of this class. Um, I love what he can do. Um, my hopes he goes to an NFL offense that can use his qualities appropriately. We see this all the time, man. We see we see guys who have. Such great athletic ability, especially when we're talking about top end speed and accelerative qualities like Marquise Brown, like man, 
Imagine if Marquise Brown was on, was on Kansas City Chiefs or any man, other team. Any other team, really. But it's the same thing with Waddle, man. Is he gonna? If he goes to the New York Giants, I'm gonna I'm gonna shed some tears Oof. because that would be tough. I think he'll, he'll be. I mean, no, you'll ha- he'll have those boom weeks still, but that consistency, you know, that's what you look for in fantasy, right? You want your consistent contributors you roll out there on a week to week basis. Um, and he's gonna have to work to become one of those from a target share perspective. But my guess is that he goes in the top twelve. I would hope he falls to the Los Angeles Chargers at thirteen. That's kind of my dream. Because um, if he does, I'm gobbling him up everywhere. I mean, because oh that, yeah, yeah, Herbert in that offense, yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, you can't yeah. get yeah, that would be yeah. Wow, golly, any anybody who goes there is going to be amazing, right? Uh, Herbert, man. All right, I want to finish this off. We got two more guys on the list I want to talk about: Rondell Moore and Tylen Wallace. Awesome. I'm going to start with Tylen Wallace because I know nothing about Tylen Wallace. Tell me where he went to school. Tell me why I should care about him. Where do you think he'll be drafted, and why we should care in fantasy? Sure. Um, on AGS, he's actually the third ranked receiver, which is crazy. Um, it doesn't mean he's the third. You know, when you're taking third in rookie drafts, but he's probably going to be someone you're going to get at value in the mid, early to mid second round. Talon Wallace, the thing about him was, you know, he tore his ACL in 2019, I believe, in October. And that was kind of the big hang-up is he was going to come out and be a early day two pick potentially. Season before that, he had 1,400 yards over 10 touchdowns. He was projected to do that again. So he was projected to have like 1,400 yards, like 13 touchdowns. Um, but then his season got cut short because of injury. But, man, there's not many Power 5 receivers over the past decade who've had two of those such seasons, over 1,400 yards receiving and over 10 touchdowns. So he would he would have been in that pretty elite group in terms of production. How he wins is, is that's where the interesting part is. He's not a very nuanced guy at the line of scrimmage. He's not a Keenan Allen. He's not a Stephon Diggs. Um, but he wins when the ball's in the air. Extremely gifted inner athlete. And he attacks the ball in contested catch situations. Those are the two things that, that jump out to you when you watch Tylen Wallace play. He's really good at the line of scrimmage in terms of, you know, if you manufacture him touches there. Um, he's physical after the catch. He's a really physical blocker. And I'm a big proponent early career made of no block, no rock. So, I mean, if you're not blocking, man, you're not going to get in the field, especially if you're a, you know, a late day two, early day three guy. That's a big deal. You know, he's a physical football player. Yeah. And that's going to be a, you know, for me, that's a big thing when you, when you talk about him, you know, getting early career opportunity is he has to be that physical guy. He has to be that, that player in offense that is, you know, not afraid to block. And that is him. So I'm excited to see what he does. I like him a ton as a player. Um, I guess my only hang up on him is the ACL, not because it's an ACL injury, man. It's not a bit, that's not as big of a deal as we make it out to be, yeah. but because it might be uh, hereditary. And that's the scary thing is his twin brother had three ACL, three ACL injuries. Yeah. And that's a tough thing when you look at it from that perspective, you know, from a medical perspective, man, it, that means the next one is that it's more likely than you know, a normal human being. Yeah. So that's the tough thing, man, is, if you, were, if you were in the first round of a rookie draft, would that be a guy I would draft? Probably not because the risk is super high, but the upside in the second round is huge. And I, I think he is a pro bowl caliber football player 
if he remains durable. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's uh, an interesting wrinkle to your analysis is your uh, your exercise science kinesiology uh, background. That was what I majored in in college as well. We've talked about that before a couple of times. And that's kind of what you told me, you know, why you got into this is because you just love watching people move. And it's that's I have that same thing sometimes. And I do remember, um, you know, with especially with the, the the injury being hereditary, you know, that stuff does that is information that is relevant, you know three ACL tears, you know, and then one for him, like you said, uh, that's, that is definitely concerning on a level. That's not your, just your typical like injury prone kind of situation. So what are your uh, thoughts? And, you know, that was for Tylen Wallace. What are your thoughts on Rondell Moore? I've heard apparently he's shrinking. That's the, (laughs) that's what the Twitter told me. It's pretty funny because I was talking to my buddies about this yesterday. It's like every year we get these guys who are just like, like Rashad Bateman was two inches shorter and 20 pounds lighter than everybody thought, but no one knew, which is the crazy part. Like that, that's when we know like size is not as big of a factor as we think. Yeah. The guy literally, literally plays 20 pounds less than you thought. And you're just like, Oh my God, that's the same player. Yep. Yeah. And even it's funny. Even came out at Rashad Bateman came out on cameras. Like, yeah, I just, I played around 195. It's like, what? He's listed at 210. And so Rondell Moore, was said, I think at five nine, like one eighty five. My man's like five seven, one eighty, which is Ooh. fine. But if we're talking about a guy like Rondell Moore, it's like Debo Samuel in terms of where he wins. He wins right around the line of scrimmage. Can he win downfield? Yeah, I mean he he has the top end speed. He's a great accelerator. He can separate really well too um, with his quickness at the line of scrimmage, but. Is he going to be used in any other role besides that first level target who's going to be really tough to bring down? That's my, I guess, when I talk about that's my hang up. That's my hang up with him is, is he going to be used on more than the first level of the field? I don't know. I would love for him to have a LaVisca Chanel Jr. type role where it's he's getting touches everywhere. He's, he's in the backfield a bit because he can be a really successful ball carry like LaVisca. He's going down the field some too and, and kind of keeping defenses honest, but he's winning a lot, you know, of engagement by just, you know, getting the ball in space on bubbles and jets and just letting them go. That's kind of who he is as a player. He's kind of that, you know, I'd say old school football player. If you watch like, I guess like Texas high school football, like old Texas high school football, where there's one player on every team who is just so much better than everybody else on defense. He's like, all right, man, just take the ball and go. Like that's Rondell Moore, man. It's he's, I think he's best in the slot. I think he can line up there and succeed, but he's very much like a Debo Samuel, LaVisca Chanel, like Curtis Samuel type player where it just get the ball in his hands in any way you can. And the more efficiently you can do that, the better off you probably are. Yeah. Those guys are money in fantasy too. I mean, people yeah. forget that's cuts. I mean, that's how Tyreek Hill made his hay early on. I mean, he had a couple of sweeps that went like 60, 70 yards. You mentioned earlier about, um, uh, oh, I forget Jalen Waddle, I think was a return guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tyreek Hill, he had that, that rookie season. He had what three return touchdowns Four. I mean, he was, you know, and that's what he was comp, you know, told to be, he's going to be a gadget player. Sometimes these guys can evolve, you know, so, I like that for Rondell Moore. And like you said, positionless football. We're moving more to where it's not necessarily about, you know, where you're lining up as much as it is like we're just making sure that you're getting a chance to 
take the ball forward because you are the player that you know has shown to be the, the most active and capable of it. And maybe you don't fit into this certain model or maybe you don't fit into this certain scheme, but we, you know, smart coaches, you know, are able to adapt to the players around them. So hopefully Rondo more lands somewhere where the upside can be maximized because there looks like there's a lot of upside there. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, y'all, that's all our wide receivers. We're going to open it up. I have a few people hanging out here watching the stream. If y'all have any questions for myself or Angelo, get those in. Now we'll hang out probably five, ten minutes. Um, but in the meantime, tell us what's what's been going on with AngeloAnalysis.com. I, I was on there a little bit earlier looking fresh. Uh, what kind of big plans you got coming for us? Uh, first, man, thanks for having me out, man. It was a blast chopping up with you. I know it's been a long time coming, you and I, for this. So uh, thank you. Thank you again, man. I appreciate it. But uh, for Angel Analysis, just dropping the Y series now. Um, the Ascension grading system is up and running. So for, run- for rookie running backs and wide receivers, as well as the pass classes, uh, those grades are up and active. So feel free to check those out um, and just shop, jump on Angel Analysis, jump on there and, and check out those grades. Um, in terms of the profiles, I just dropped Tylen Wallace. Um, that's going to be free until the end of tonight. So about midnight, that'll go behind the paywall. So if you want to check that out real quick before you have to pay $1.99 for it, uh, man, feel free to do it. Um, and then next is I mean, why um, Rondell Moore. Has gonna be, I dropped his on the site um, for the subscribers. So that's up there if you're a paying subscriber, if you want to pay $1.99 for it. And then um, also Rashad Bateman's is soon and uh, Terrace Marshall's. Those are the next two. I think Marshall's going to probably come out around Monday, Tuesday, and then um, Bateman probably that same Friday. But I'm excited, man. I've been I've been getting these out, um, getting them rolling. So I'm really excited for the NFL draft to see where these guys land. And we keep adding some more ascension grades in there, some some of those guys. Um, you know, as the, as the combine uh, kind of comes – there's, there's no combine um, since the draft kind of comes close, but like guys like Elijah Mitchell, um, Jalen Darden, um, those are some guys that you know I want to grade and put up on there. Because um, when you're in rookie drafts, you know the the third, fourth, fifth rounds of your drafts, man, you you want to know where you can hit on those. Yeah, yeah, you're uh, kind of uh, I don't want to say like a folk hero, but you you're kind of one of the guys in our the, the space, as I you know, air quotes call it, um, who's kind of done your own thing your own way. I remember last year, you know, when we first started talking is. You would you sent me the your threads the Y threads you'd send them to me and you know I would read them and I'd retweet them and those were awesome and your format was unique and that was unique to you and you've stuck with that you've put it on your website and it's, it's been awesome to watch you grow and develop and it's you know it's something you I reached out to you one of my one of the first threads one of the only I mean I did a thread the other day I don't do a lot of threads but I did a thread a couple months ago and it was a Y IDP one two three which is yeah. the scoring system that I use. And I messaged you because I was like, hey, this thread's going to be a banger, but I want to like, I, you know, I kind of want to pay a little homage to the thread master. And I wanted to also like, you know, pull people in with the why, you know, and it's a great way to frame it. It's not just listen to me. It's just like, here's what, why I think it works. And then just, you know, you just hear my opinion on it. And I, I you know, you said, go for it. You, you let me use that format. And I appreciate that. That's still pinned to my profile. That's, I mean, I give that to people all the time because, you know, that format of presenting information is something that's very palatable to me. Um, it's something that, you know, I appreciate that you've done. And what's it really, what's it kind of been like your fantasy football, like creator journey, just kind of like navigating these waters. I mean, obviously you're, you're, you know, a lot farther along and doing more stuff than you were a year ago, same with me two years ago, whatever it may be. What, what's that been like for you and what are you kind of looking forward to in the future? What kind of, you got any like, huge, huge dreams? Or are you just kind of like taking it as it comes or what's, you know, Man. Oh, okay. I like that question, man. Uh, 
<laughs> Man, I don't know. It's kind of funny. I was talking to Michael Lou about this a couple of Sundays ago on his show. And it's just, you know, I started it and I didn't really know where it was going. I just like to create content. I like to just kind of use my own unique spin in sport and human performance and my career as an athlete and just kind of use that, you know, as kind of the engine behind, you know, what I was doing. And so I did that, put the stuff out. And the one thing I found really quick, man, is like I want to use my work as like a newsletter. So like you you knew the brand logo, you, but you knew what you were getting. Like if, if mm-hmm. I if I shot you something, you know, in the Twitter DMs, you knew what it was. Like I wasn't just saying hi, you know what I'm saying? So like that, that, and that's for me, that's, that's how I want to do it. I want to be more personable. I didn't want to just put something up on a timeline mm-hmm. and hope it doesn't fade away in the Twitter abyss because I learned really quick that Twitter algorithms are really unforgiving. So like if, if you post some content, it's going to be gone in a matter of minutes. So like you want to get it in as many people's hands as you possibly can so you can get feedback. For me, that was huge, man. Just getting feedback and keep refining, refining, refining the content um, until it got to a space where I was comfortable enough creating a website and just kind of doing it that way. We're just put it up on the website and, mm-hmm. and use Twitter as a vehicle um, to collaborate and, and talk and still put content on there but man it's been just a crazy journey like i never thought i'd be you know i'd be doing it like this yeah we owe you a congrats you hit 10k on twitter today right that was like a big thing hey y'all go follow angel he hit 10k today big day no it's it's funny i i didn't like i i figured it out um when drew like hit the retweet and i'm freaking in my car driving to work and i look and have like 20 notifications like what the hell happened on twitter in the last like two hours. I'm like, Oh my God, I finally hit 10 K. So I, I, I mean, it's just a ton of fun shopping up with a ton of people like you. Um, it's just, it's just, like I said, man, I just have a ton of fun with this stuff. I'm a big giant nerd. So like, I just watch my film and like smile. My wife's like, what are you smiling at? I'm, I'm like, like Jalen Waddle. Like, it's just like, <laughs> like, it's like what? Like who is Jalen Waddle? Yeah, um, you wouldn't understand. No, you would not. I mean, you would not understand who Jalen Waddle is. Um, but man, it's just so much fun. I, I just have a, you know, such a, I guess, affinity. I'm drawn to, um, human movement. I'm drawn to athletes, you know, being a former one myself, man, you just can never get enough of it, but it's been great to, you know, create content and people like it. And I just love chopping up with people and learning and getting new ideas and, and having people, you know, like tell me stuff sucks and stuff's not, you know what I mean? And that's like, for me, oh, like, yeah. I like, I like getting a ton of feedback, man. Like I like, you know, if I message someone say, Hey man, what do you think of this, 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 like the, this profile? I'm like, man, I didn't like how you did this and this cool. Great. Thank you so much. Like I really do appreciate the feedback. And for me, that's helped my website grow a ton because now I kind of know what everybody is looking for. And I'm still learning. Like I'm people oh, yeah. still tell me like, man, like this is, this is great, but maybe try this. And it's like, oh, okay, great. Like, I'm just trying to learn and get feedback and try to be the best me I can be and try to provide the best content I can provide. But yeah. um, it's, been, it's been fun. I made a thousand mistakes. I'm make a thousand more. Um, but it's been just a blast, man. Like doing shows like this with you and just creating cool stuff, man. It's been, been a ton of fun. Yeah, I listen to a podcast and this guy, he calls it, you know, 
you have an obligation if you can be a best version of yourself to be the best version of yourself because it allows it shows other people it gives them permission to attack your attack their lives that same way and you know in the fantasy space i just wanted to highlight you know you're one of the guys that's definitely walks the beat of your own drum that's something i try to do um and i think a lot of the guys that are going to be here in five six seven years are guys that are doing that so you know appreciate appreciate you and like I said, I, I you're one of the few people. I mean, I reached out to a very small handful of people with my baby, the 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 ultimate IDP index, and I gave them access. I said, go back here, see what's up. And you were one of the few that actually gave me some good feedback. And you said, you know, you should add some unique videos to this. And literally last night, I just finished up recording my very first, and I put a, you know, now since it's Patreon content, I'm putting a little more production value behind it. I'm getting a little, you know, I'm like, all right, like you know, people want the good stuff, we'll give them the good stuff. So um, that's something that I wasn't really considering doing but now i'm trying to think of how you know which players i want to put this kind of effort into to give them that extra kind of oomph so i appreciate you know like i appreciate i appreciate you man like i appreciate you coming on the show i appreciate your feedback and your uh, willingness to you know actually take some time to look at that and give some feedback on that um y'all idp army i'm gonna give y'all 30 more seconds if you got a question you want to hit us with do it if not we are gonna shut it down because it is 9 15 and daddy's sleepy all right I feel you, man. I feel you. But yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks again, man. I, I I truly appreciate you asking me to come on and chop it up with you. Um, but yeah, anytime, anytime you want to have me on, just, just shoot, hit me up, and we'll make it happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This plan. I mean, I'm gonna, I'll have you back on again. I'll, I'll hold you to that. I uh, have been, you know, usually I've been more focused on IDP. I mean, it's been like almost 80, 90 percent. But I've been scaling that back a little and trying to focus a little bit more on offense just so people when they come to the idp army and you know here they don't just have to hear one thing or the other um so and that's kind of my more recent pods have been focusing more on offense because you know that's what people are kind of more interested in we need to sift through the weeds it's a little bit easier to sift through the weeds on defense because there's a little bit less weeds there's less voices um so it's a little bit more i say linear where, you know, when it comes to consensus, but with so sure. many opinions and strong opinions and well thought out individuals like yourself on offense, I think it's important to, you know, get a collection of thoughts and processes and ideas from the best that you can. Guys, gals, you know, take what Angelo has said to us, you know, combine it with anything else that you've heard and just, you know, we got to make the best decisions we can for our fantasy teams because at the end of the day, we want to win. So. That's about going to do it for us here at the IDP Army. Make sure you all check out the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the IDP Army. You can get in the Black Ops tier. You'll get access to the Ultimate IDP Index. That's got over 100 different players in it. It's got, I think, up to 140 right now. Tiered IDP rankings, over 300 production profiles, buy, sell tool, trade values. I'm getting these exclusive videos in there. I mean, it's just going to keep getting better and better and better. So go check that out. Go check Angelo's website out. Go pay that $1.99. Support this man. He's got good stuff. The site's slick. It's got LaVisca Chenault on the front of it, so you know it's that good. So that's all for me, IDP Army. Until next time, keep it real. Let the rain hit the sand. Build a house on the rock. Got a plan. Got to get stocks. Keep them bands. Hear the clock tick. Blades on the fan. Used to be mundane on a Monday. Now you have fun day on a Sunday. Because you're switching it up.